0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Vodafone X Cast, the podcast where I chat to people from college societies from all across the country to help you discover new things. We are brought to you by, of course, Vodafone X, the incredible mobile plan for young people and students which gives you unlimited data, unlimited weekend calls and loads of ways to discover yourself, including access to a huge range of free online courses. Make sure to check it all out and get signed up at VodafoneX.ie. Now, this episode is the music one, so it relates to everyone in the world, no matter where you are, um, you've listened to music or you're, you're uh, into music, some form of it. And my guests today are Hazel Lattimore from Philharmonic Society TU Dublin. We have Liana Koukadi from Music Society RCSI, Royal College of Surgeons Ireland. We have Rebecca Denine from Music Society UCC. You're all very welcome.
1: Thank you, Thank you, Thank you for having
0: us. having us. Liana, can you sum up your society in one word?
2: Family. I really think that RCSI Music Society is a family, especially for those of us who aren't originally from Ireland. It's just an escape. It's um, a society full of people who make you feel like you are at home. So definitely, yeah, family.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to be right in saying that there's a high number of international students in that society.
2: Yes. Yeah. I think most of us are from abroad.
0: Oh, wow. So it must be a great way to discover other cultures and connect with people and make some friends, is it?
2: Definitely, definitely. One of the highlights of my time here.
0: And have you been in RCSI for a while or is it you just new in the door?
2: It's my fifth year here.
0: Fifth year in, in the society?
2: Uh, yes, in the society and in Ireland.
0: Oh my God. So you must, this is probably a silly question. So you're obviously training to be a surgeon then?
2: Uh, just uh, just a regular doctor, not not surgeon. <laughs> Surgery is, is a little... It's a little left field for me personally, but uh, I admire people who do it.
0: That's still amazing. So a mixture of music and medicine.
2: Hopefully. I would love to incorporate music into my career if I could going forward.
0: That's incredible. So you have the creative side and you have the intelligent side of things. Okay, I want to ask you, Hazel, the Philharmonic Society, I had to look it up. So, Philharmonic means loving harmony or multi-instrument ensembles is what Google told me. Um, Can you explain the name to me and what exactly it is?
3: Yeah, so our society was founded a few years ago. I actually study music in college as well. So it started with people who studied the music course in TU Dublin. Um, The course is based on has so many people who can play different instruments. So, for example, there's people that play piano. Um, I, for example, play cello, there's people that sing, but there was no society at the time for these people to perform at. So we wanted to make a society that, you know, could incorporate all different instruments at all different levels. So people could try out performing in front of people and see what they think and just boost their confidence. So that's kind of how we came up with the name, sort of the idea of incorporating all different instruments at all different levels and age groups. And that's how we came up with Philharmonic.
0: Yeah, so it's not just like classical music, it's all types of instruments.
3: It's it's all types of instruments. Um, it started off being mostly classical because our course is classical music, but we've actually been able to incorporate so many different genres and instruments into our performing. And it's that idea to make everyone get involved with any type of piece or performance that they want to get involved with.
0: So. You- you don't have to just be in your classical music course to get involved in society. You can be in anything and come along with your instrument and get involved.
3: Absolutely. We would love so many, we love to see new faces, not just people on our course. Um, at the moment, the majority of the society are people that do the classical musical course, but um, we would love to have all different types of people. Anyone that's in any course is welcome at any level.
0: That's cool. So it must be a good way of like forming partnerships and forming groups and finding other people.
3: Absolutely. It's a great way of finding these partnerships and building trust with people like as well as friendships. It's, it's really encouraging.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking kind of like School of Rock vibes here, everyone just walking into the room and just everyone has their instruments and starts going for it and everyone's just having fun rather than like just like strict classical music. You have to be able to play. It's more of a fun vibe.
3: Absolutely. It's, it's really casual because as well with those of us who do do classical music, it can often be really isolating and lonely. And it is a real pressurised career path. So we wanted to create something that could be casual. So people that do want to play classical music or want to do different genres, they'll all be seen as equal and they'll all be, you know, encouraged as much as the next.
0: Yeah, because it it must be hard. Obviously, classical music isn't like as mainstream as just like playing the guitar. Like it's obviously a very uh, specialised kind of area. And so if someone has no experience, do you have like workshops to teach them how to play or how does it work?
3: We have um, a variety of workshops that, you know, encourage people on how like, you know, music can affect mental health, how to improve in terms of nerves um, and technique that kind of goes across all the instruments as well as that. We have like a lot of different um, people involved and they can often, you know, advertise their own teaching or people that they know. So it's quite um, a good community based society that, you know, once you get involved, if you just have any questions, you can ask anyone, and you know we'll figure it out from there.
0: Amazing! The UCC Music Society has seventeen hundred members. Am I right in saying that, Rebecca?
1: Yeah, we're we're a pretty big society now. Um, lots of people signing off all the time. Yeah,
0: is that seventeen hundred active members within UCC? There has to be people outside UCC with that kind of figure.
1: Um, no, that's like all people who are in UCC at the moment. Now, depending on how active they are. That might vary, but um, yeah, that's how many people I'd say my weekly emails are going out to.
0: And how do you stay connected if there's that many people like does it kind of lose the intimacy of a society because there's that many people?
1: Um, we do hold like a variety of events. So I feel like there are lots of different things for different people. And there's like a lot of our members and even people on the committee are not necessarily musicians. They're just music appreciators or they just really love like a certain type of music. Um, like there's some people on the committee who don't sing or play any instrument and they're still involved in like setting up our events and stuff Um, so especially when we have like an event like Battle of the Bands I think last year we had like 200 people like we had to like close the doors like a half an hour before the event even started because it was like packed the queue was going like down Washington Street in Cork like it was insane and these would all be people who are like part of the music society but may not be like playing at the open mics but they might pop along to the open mics as well but it's just like creating that kind of live music environment for UCC students.
0: So you don't even have to be singing or playing an instrument to get involved in the music society. You could just love music and want to go to the events. Just I didn't realize that you can get involved even if you don't play music.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that even when I first kind of joined the society, I kind of had like imposter syndrome because I was like, wow, there's some people on this like committee or in the society who are very serious musicians, you know, they might have music up on Spotify and I was kind of there, like, you know, I just kind of have my guitar in my bedroom, just singing away. I was like, oh my God, am I, am I able for this? And I was just chatting away to them. And they were like, no, of course you should join. As long as you have a passion for music, that's what it's all about. It's just about like creating that like music community.
0: Of course. Yeah. And uh, with so many members, are you still like hosting events and trying to get more people involved and, and help them discover new areas in music?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it has been a huge challenge, especially because such a huge part of music is that live element of it and meeting new people and interacting with people that way. I'm always like, no, musicians don't have LinkedIn. They have gigs. Like, you know, that's where you meet up with other people and like meet new people like that way. But um, we recently started like a discord server, which I feel like has been a really good way to chat to new people, especially some people who might, who mightn't have even come to events in person are more comfortable, like talking to people online. And so we had like, an event a few weeks ago called like Speed Date for a Band Mate. And we just had like these different chats for like different genres of music. And everybody was just kind of going into the chat rooms as they pleased, just talking to people, seeing what kind of music people were interested in. So I feel like that was a really interactive way to get to know like other society members, not even on the committee.
0: Sounds lovely. Yeah, definitely a good way to, to get to know more people. And that kind of leads me on to this whole thing about music's after going online. I'm 25 right And night. When music was first coming up into my interest, you'd hear it on the radio, you'd take out your phone and you'd start, you'd tell everyone in the room, everyone, shut up, I need to record this song on my phone. you put it up towards the speaker on the radio, you'd record it for whatever, like 30 seconds and that would be your ringtone, that was it. And then it moved on to, like, I don't know if you know, LimeWire, LimeWire is this illegal, illegal thing that everyone downloaded onto their family computer. It ruins the computer, but you got your couple of songs um, and put it onto your MP3 or whatever. Um, absolutely destroyed all all the computer um, software though. And then now it's gone on to, it's literally, you can get it in two seconds on your phone. It's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud, it's on whatever. like. Um, Liana, what do you what do you make of all that? And and do you think it's, it's just amazing for music or is it just it's just too much?
2: I think it's incredible. I remember when I was like younger, I used to listen to the song like multiple times and physically write out lyrics and I would press stop and play and all that. I still have a very, very rough draft of TikTok somewhere in my house and it's all the wrong lyrics and I remember thinking oh if only I could just find this somewhere and just you know it would be easy access I think it's great that it's so easily accessible for everyone now you know it allows you to explore different interests and like all the recommendations and stuff I think it's super
0: it's so it's so good yeah but this whole thing now I think artists are nearly trying to make songs so they go viral on TikTok like they're just like their chorus is just banging like, and that's it. And then it's just TikTok, it's everywhere. It's like, for instance, I don't know what was it, Blinding Lights was the huge one that went when we were in first lockdown. And then obviously WAP just turned into something ridiculous. I even did a bit of WAP myself. So like, it's just like music has just changed so much. Um, and it's it's incredible to see. What do you think of all that Hazel and uh, these songs that are like WAP and, and things like that on, on TikTok coming from a classical background?
3: I mean, it's, it's a bit amazing to watch how all of these trends take off especially on TikTok like music is such a universal thing so it's been amazing to hear you know so many different genres or artists that maybe you hadn't heard before or when you're recommended songs for example like on Spotify these are artists that I never would have looked up but it's been incredible like you know even TikTok you can hear the 30 seconds of a song and you're like oh I'm going to go look that up now it's it's so accessible to anyone to listen to it it's great and for classical music it's actually been, you know, so helpful. I think with classical music, there's such a stigma around it, you know, that it's kind of for older generations, you know, that younger people aren't interested. But if I'm on TikTok, you know, all the background music is often these famous classical pieces and people don't realize, oh, I am actually listening to classical music and I'm enjoying it too. So it's, it's great. It's so nice to see how, you know, encouraging this is.
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask you, does the classical music make it onto these TikTok and whatever it, is? So it does? We just don't realise we're listening to them.
3: Exactly. You'd be surprised how many classical pieces, you know, people actually know. Like even in TV shows or film music, you know, that's kind of a, it's a type of classical music people probably aren't aware that they're listening to and that they are enjoying it. So to have TikTok, you know, be so accessible to so many people, it's a great way to have our genre of music, you know, become more supportive.
0: Yeah. And you obviously like all the other type of genres of music, you just kind of, your main one is classical.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think people often think, oh, if you're doing a course in classical music, that's probably all you listen to. But I'm, you know, I'm the same as everyone else. I I go away from my course and when I'm listening to music to relax, you know, I'm listening to the same top 100 that everyone else is, you know. Um, I think it's so important as well to be really open-minded, especially doing like, you know, classical music as a course. You really need to see, okay, well, this is how music started. Let's listen to some more modern music and see how it progresses. Because even though I love classical music, I think we need to move forward and incorporate that into you know, a kind of more modern and realistic way. And I think, for example, TikTok is really helping with that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't really think of that side of it. Like definitely myself and my friends um, and other people I know wouldn't go out of their way to listen to classical music. If it came on shuffle, you'd probably skip past it. But what I'm getting from you, what you're saying there is that classical music is basically the underbelly of all of music. And it's all these instruments are coming from from classical uh, backgrounds. So do you think people need to kind of appreciate classical music more? Do you think it's getting left behind or do you still think it's flourishing as much as ever?
3: I do think it's getting left behind. However, we now have a chance to, I guess, show this new side of it and kind of make it modernised. So it's still the old pieces like, you know, all the greats um, that we all love. But we want to show a new side of it to get more people to love it. So, for example, there's great artists out there, like even Clean Bandit, for example, you know, they use classical instruments. They started as a classical quartet. and You know, you can go out to any bar or anything. You'll probably hear one of those songs. Same with the likes of, you know, I don't know, Tokyo Myers, if anyone knows who that is. He actually was on Britain's Got Talent a few years ago and he started as a classically trained piano player. And he now plays all over the world at festivals and he incorporates those skills he learned in the classical training, but he mixes it with modern music. So I think there is a chance for us to kind of show this new side and, you know, hopefully people enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's incredible to see um, how music is made. I don't know if you, you watched a channel called Deconstructed on YouTube. So it's basically they get massive songs and they show you how it was made, they deconstruct it obviously. And it will go as far as the producer or someone like you just mentioned there, getting out the guitar and playing a chord or two or three chords and then that's on the computer. And then he goes over to his piano and plays two or three chords and that goes on the computer. Then he starts adding in like things called like 808s which are... I think their drums kind of deep bass or whatever and then hi-hats, all these different things and it just puts the song together and at the end he presses play and it plays the song that you're hearing on the radio all the time and I'm like, oh my God, that's how that was made. Um, So it just shows like everything just comes from this, from instruments and like the basics of music and I'm there rapping along in the car and I don't realise the effort that's gone into making these songs. Um, But that kind of brings me on to um, my next question, Rebecca. Making music nowadays, do you think it's a lot easier for people or do you think it's harder because there's so many people doing it?
1: I suppose it has perhaps become like an oversaturated market and that there's so much music being released all the time. But I think it's so fantastic that you can literally record an entire album from your bedroom. Even if you think about Billie Eilish and Phineas, like her last album was recorded in her brother's bedroom for the most part. Like, I just think that's incredible. You know, somebody like one of the biggest artists in the world can do that, like, It's just insane. And even like all the stuff that you were saying there, like the 808s, like watching producers do stuff like that from home, you know, like computers and stuff like that really high tech equipment is becoming like cheaper and cheaper and smaller and smaller and easier to get at home. And there's so many like online like programs as well. Like remember one of the first things that I downloaded when I was like recording my own music was Audacity, which is like a free program that you can get and even just to be able to record yourself and do like little bits mixing, even yourself at home. It's just so amazing how accessible it is and so how easy it is. And then, of course, you have YouTube and a million and one videos telling you exactly how to do everything. So you're not <laughs> stuck for information.
0: Yeah, that new song. Uh, well, it's not new anymore, but it's it's massive. It, whoopty. I don't know if you know Whoopty. The guy, he's been interviewed and he's blow, blown up. It's his, it's his big song like and... Uh... He was like, yeah, man, I was just sitting at home and I was flicking on YouTube and I heard this song. Um, I kind of just took the bass out of it and I just started rapping. And and it's like how simple it was.
1: Yeah, it's the sampling as well. Like, you know, just new artists taking samples from older songs um, and completely reinventing it. It's just incredible. It's almost like recycling, like these old tracks and turning it into something completely new.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, Liana, how would... Would you go about, say, um, telling someone who wants to make their own music from home, but they have no idea where to start? What would you say to them?
2: Uh, I would definitely tell them use the Internet because it's a gold mine. You know, there's so many instructional videos, um, articles, all of that, testimonials from people who have made music like from the comfort of their own home. And then they can do the research, find out what's accessible to them, and then start to formulate a plan on how they want to approach like making music from there.
0: So so like, and even equipment wise, how, what kind of stuff should they download? So is there any like anyone listening now that wants to get off this podcast now and start writing some songs? What software and equipment could they get?
2: Personally, I've always been a fan of GarageBand. Maybe that makes me outdated, but it's it's a classic, you know. Um and on it comes on all Apple products. So I think if you're just wanting to experiment with music, it's already available if you have an Apple product. So might as well give it a go on there.
0: Yeah. I didn't honestly I didn't even realize GarageBand was for making music like that. I thought it was just like a game. I never ever got into oh, it. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a game that just came with the phone. <laughs> Shows how silly I am. And uh then is it free to upload music to Spotify and SoundCloud or do you have to pay subscription to these um, platforms?
2: So SoundCloud is free, but Spotify for a fee, you can you can upload. Um, and there are distribution services like CD Baby. And if you pay, I, I think it's like 20 euro or something, it will distribute your music to all streaming platforms, like including Apple Music, Tidal, um I don't know many other streaming platforms, but the rest, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's about all the ones I know as well. So you pay 20 quid and they will put it on all of them for you for 20 quid a month.
2: Essentially. It's not even a month. It's just up front. What? That's
0: amazing. my God. Anyone listens to this and wants to make some music now has no excuses. I didn't realize it was was that easy. Well, not like easy to make when the song might not be that good, but it's easy to make a song. Um, I want to ask you... uh, who will like, I direct this one to? No, this is a this is a big question. We go to Hazel. I wanted to ask you. So I mentioned earlier the WAP song, right? And Megan the Stallion just I I guess she won a lot of Grammys this year. And obviously her music has a certain taste to it, right? Um a certain undertone, a sexual undertone to it. And then other people like uh rappers have like a violent undertone to their songs. So like YNW Melly, is a song that's just all about murder and him wanting to murder, right? So these undertones of music, like there's kids going around singing those sexual songs and and, and violent songs. How do you think that's playing in in young, young minds? Do you think it's having a, a negative effect on them or what do you make of all that?
3: That's such an interesting thing to think about. And I often do think about it because I remember being young myself and like, Singing along to these songs, and then when you grow up, you're like, "Oh my god, that's what that means!" Like you know, so I think for kind of younger people, they probably don't realize what they are actually talking about. So I mean, I think we do have to be careful as what we are putting out there, maybe. But at the same time, I think you know, with some guidance and I don't know the odd radio edit, I, I think you know it is okay. Um, Of course, there is negative undertones about what people think might be acceptable when it really isn't when they hear it in songs. But again, I think people just need to be more aware of what's right or wrong and maybe have lyrics explained. There's some great YouTube channels where they kind of talk about, okay, this is what they're referencing. Like, you know, we can't say that or we can't do that but it is what they're referencing. So, you know, I think just people need to be careful when listening to music, I guess.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of young ears listening to music uh, nowadays and it's just up there, as we said, it's on YouTube and there's just like profanity all over it. Like, and obviously there's a bit of artistic license. You can kind of do what you want. But then like, where where do you draw the line? Or do you, do you draw the line at all? What, what do you think, Rebecca?
1: Um, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, movies, TV shows as well. Like there's violence in those, there's sexual references in those. If you want to like censor what your child is watching, maybe you should be censoring what they're listening to as well. Like if you want to do one, like you can't just say, oh, it's just the music. And then I'm even thinking about like books and poetry and stuff like they often have like violent references or sexual references. I think if you can read it or something, you should be able to maybe understand it. I don't think that like the artists should be censoring themselves. Like I think it's kinda of up to you to decide what like you don't have to listen to these songs if you don't like them. You know? Nobody's forcing them down anyone's throat. Like
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You can listen to what you want and the radios do bleep out the um the curse words and all that stuff. Yeah, and you're exactly. right. It is books, movies, everything. It's there's uh sexual undertones and violent undertones to mostly everything we, we look at nowadays, so it's kinda of taking what you want from it. Um Liana Music videos, do you think it's a dying art or do you think it's um, still an in- incredible part of music?
2: I think it's still incredible. Like I I think certain artists are revamping the ideas of music videos and they're bringing the life back into it. I think for a while there, people didn't really care about it. They would just listen to the song and it was whatever. But more often now people are telling stories that connect to music. Um, their album as a whole, essentially, through music videos. So I think I think it's coming back.
0: Yeah, I do think that it died out there for a while um, in the last couple of years. And now it's just kind of coming back now. I think that obviously everyone being locked in, it even came back. And even music videos nowadays are, are nearly like mini movies, aren't they?
2: Mm-hmm. They they tend to have a story, a message, something that they want to leave the viewer with. So it's it's making them more engaging for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like one that comes to mind for me straight away is uh, Justin Bieber's new song about literally a mini movie about his missus has a like fatal illness, and then he's like trying to rob money, and he robs a bank, he's getting chased by the guards. It's incredible. And that's like draw me in, and now I like the song because I know the the story behind it. Um, obviously it was a it was a fictional story, but it's still amazing. So I I do think it's it's an incredible incredible part of uh, music. What what do you think, uh, Hazel, being from a classical background with music videos, do you watch them? Do you like them?
3: Yeah, so I think music videos are extremely important to learn from. You know, with some songs we get to see like how these artists are thinking, you know, they have really artistic messages behind them. But in terms of classical music, you know, it's often really informative to actually watch the person perform, you know, watch what their body language is telling you. Often facial expressions help, like, you know, to get what emotion they're trying to bring across. You know, from a technical perspective, it can be really informative um, and really helpful. But from a kind of, you know, audience perspective, it's also nice just to be able to watch someone perform, especially nowadays, like, you know, we don't have the luxury of being able to go to live concerts and live performances. So I think music videos are really helping, you know, fill that gap at the moment.
0: Yeah. Did you say there at at classical performances that, to look at people's faces because they're purposely pulling faces to go with the music.
3: I mean some performers purposely pull faces or you can kind of tell you know from their general expression okay well they're sad at this point in the music or you know they're trying to be uplifting or they're trying to get some sort of a message across. You know with music it's so universal but at the same time so subjective. So, you know, you can't always tell by listening directly, like, oh, what the difference is. It's often by watching the performer, you know, convey the performance. We can see exactly what message they're trying to bring across. Oh,
0: yeah, I would have never thought about that. No, more of like an artistic performance. I have a question for you, Hazel. For someone that's listening to this and they want to... Uh, get involved in music, they actually want to perform, they just can't find the right avenue and they're not in university, they don't have a society to go to. What would you say to that person?
3: That is a really good question. Um, In terms of uh, classical music, you know, our university obviously runs a course, but we run private lessons as well for people that, you know, you don't have to be enrolled in TU Dublin to actually take lessons there. I know it's the same with um, Trinity College as well. You don't have to be enrolled in Trinity to take you know, classical lessons with the Royal Irish Academy, for example. And So for anyone that's listening, I'd recommend going onto these websites. For example, like, you know, you go to to Dublin Philharmonic Society page on Facebook or on Instagram, we can then, you know, transfer you on. And often, you know, these events are advertised and with everything being online at the moment as well, you know, it makes it so much more accessible to actually attend these events and you can really see, okay, this is for me, like, you know, I'm I'm enjoying this or okay, I, I'm not really enjoying this aspect of music, but at least I tried, you know. So I think for anyone listening who isn't in college yet or maybe, you know, left college, I'd say if you have that passion and that drive to want to get involved and you know, you make that effort to go onto these websites, anyone that you deal with will go out of their way to help you and will give you those answers.
0: And Rebecca. Someone that's not in a university, not able to join the society, what would you recommend them doing to get their music out there and get involved?
1: I think wherever you're living, try and get involved in the music scene there. Like go to where all the gigs are happening. I was talking to some first years there and I was like, oh yeah, you know, Cypress Avenue will be opening up again. And they were looking at me like, what's that? Just like know where the music is happening, know where people are going and just talk to people. I know it's hard at the moment because we're all... Here at home, but learn as much as you can. There's so much on YouTube. Like I taught myself how to play the bass just from looking at YouTube videos. It's it's just incredible. And you know, instruments, you can rent out instruments, you can go on to Done Deal, you can buy really cheap instruments. Like there's nothing holding you back. I think just go in head first, give it 100 percent Because if you're a little bit holding back, if you're going to those open mics and you want to perform, but you're you're a little bit afraid, just go for it. You have absolutely nothing to lose. And people in the music community are so nice. We will do nothing but raise you up and cheer you on. And um, just get your music out there as soon as you can.
0: Yeah, that's that's brilliant. It's just having the right attitude first. There's always, there, Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think everyone at some stage kind of backs themselves to be an artist or a musician or a singer. I, for for one, uh, was obsessed with playing the guitar when I was about mid-teenager. I asked my mum, could I get a guitar? I got one and I started having lessons and I loved it because I just wanted to play songs that I was hearing on the radio and I'd learn songs that I I, uh, enjoyed and I, I got pretty good at it. I was two years down the line then I went to music school and I was in music school. And uh, it's funny, I think back now, this, this happened, I'm completely out of music at the moment. And uh, I was in music school and they made me start doing the exams and the academic side of music and the scales and all the interpretive the stuff. The music
1: theory kind yeah, of stuff, and yeah. and
0: like, lads, Honestly, instantly I was out. I was like, "Not, nah, not for me. And I, I gave up within two weeks and that was it. And I literally haven't touched the guitar since. It like sucked the fun out of it for me. And which is kind of sad looking back now because I loved playing it. I loved playing the songs I, I liked, but they just sucked the fun out of it for me. So um, Hazel, what, what do you make of that academic side of music? Like why, why does it like happen to people like me that we just drop out? Like why does it have to be a part of music?
3: Yeah, it's something really interesting that I often think about because for me, for example, you know, I was brought up with those exams and the academic side. And even though I'm doing music now full time, I still dread those exams. I still, you know, dislike doing the the scales and that side of it. But it's something that I had to push on and do. But with other instruments, for example, I also play piano as well. And I have so much fun playing the pieces that I want to play, you know, and pieces that encourage me. And I don't love doing the scales and stuff. So I think when it comes to music schools, you know, it's so focused on the academic side. I think it's unnecessary. I think for certain performers, it works really, really well and it's really encouraging. But on the other side, not everyone is the same, you know, like not everyone thrives in the same background. It's the same with sports teams. Like, you know, some people want to go on and do it professionally. But other people are there for the fun. So I think music schools need to be more accepting of that side and maybe, I don't know, have two different strands, start people off with the academic side. And if they decide that's not for them, then, you know, fair enough. And we need to be encouraging of that and find, you know, more fun ways to encourage people, because it's so important to have music in our lives. And it's so nice when you're able to find something you're passionate about. And then when you see that passion die out because of something for example, like the academic side of it, the way you were saying, it is really sad to see that. So I think we need to be more encouraging that not everyone is the same. Not everyone is there for the same reason, but overall we all want to have fun with what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, who knows? I could have been the next Jason Mraz, but I just, you I that, was right.
1: still could
0: be, you're right, you're right. Uh, but the thing is, I think what happened is um, it was just before the the generation of YouTube and figuring it all out on that. So I kind of, I could have just like gone back and just learned songs off YouTube. Um, So it's my own fault for not having the the right attitude towards it. Um, I just kind of blame the academic side, I suppose. (laughs) And Liana, what is the reason of the academic side? Is it to become teachers? Is it to go up the levels? Is it to have a certificate? What even is the reason for having academic side of music?
2: I mean, I think you can definitely take it in any direction that you want. I also studied academic music like growing up, but I didn't pursue an actual traditional route in music. Um, although you, you definitely could, if you go high up enough, you could teach, you could pursue a classical music degree. There's so much you could do with it. You can apply it to songwriting. You could, uh, specifically break rules, which is what I tend to do. Like I know what's right. And I'm like, no, I'm going to (laughs) go a different direction. You know, (laughs) um, there's so many things you can do with it. I think it, it shows you a different side to music and while it might not always be fun, I think it's definitely beneficial to give it a shot.
0: Yeah, so I kind of thought initially it was for like, just like flexing on each other, being like, oh, I have a higher level than you, but it's actually... I mean,
2: it, it sometimes is used for that, I'm not going to lie, but it's not the primary purpose.
0: Yeah, so there's like, what, what kind of careers could you get out of that side of, of music or what kind of careers are available for, for music in general after coming out of society? Like, you don't just have to be singing, right?
2: Oh no, not at all. You could definitely pursue like an instrument and specifically in my field you could go into music therapy um which is something that's like really interesting. I never really heard about it before but it's it's using music as therapy which I think is a brilliant idea and you can essentially use music as therapy for children, older adults. It's just its just a way to um, relieve stress about illness, make them feel better, bring joy into their lives. And it's genuinely regarded as a source of therapy. So I, th- I think that's brilliant. Um, you could always go into teaching, teach at one of the music schools, maybe audition for one of the orchestras, something like that the opera, you know, there's there's so many routes you could take it. You could post music on SoundCloud, YouTube, TikTok, potentially blow up and become famous overnight, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could be like um, the Kid Leroy. I think he's 16 or just oh, he's yeah. 17 now. He started when he was 16 and he's literally one of the most famous artists in the world making songs from his bedroom and he's 16 or 17, like amazing. And there's all, the, all those other sides like producing and editing and, um, like, even if you can not sing or play instruments, you can uh, do that side of things. So there's loads of different careers, I feel, um, just from kind of looking from the outside in. So... That kind of leads me on to um, using music as an es- as an escape or like everybody sings in the shower. If someone says they don't sing in the shower, they're lying to you or singing in the car when you're by yourself. Everyone does it. If they say they don't, they're a liar. <laughs> How do you find music as an escape, Rebecca, when you're like stressed? Do you use it as like a wind down or to kind of get yourself out of the crazy world? Oh,
1: like a hundred percent. So I'm studying like engineering in college, which can be quite intense at times. And last semester I had my like final year project. And sometimes you just want to get out of your head and just like into your body. And like, I literally have my guitars next to me at my desk. So if something is stressing me out, I just pick up the guitar and I just start singing or I just start playing something or trying to learn something new because it's just, it's a total switch from like sitting at a desk or doing like equations. It just completely shifts the mood. It brings the focus even into your hands. Like if you're playing guitar or something. It's just unreal. And then even for like working out as well, you you know, you have different music for that. And like sometimes when I'm on my run, I could be like feeling kind of low and another song will come on and I'm like, yes, I'm going to power through to this. Even like matching the BPM to like every stride you're taking. It's just incredible how much like music can make you feel and can encourage you and can push you as well as being like a relaxation kind of
0: technique. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like music is just... It's unparalleled the effect it has on literally everyone across the world. Like just some sort of genre sorts someone out in some sort of situation. It's just, I don't even know, I can't compare it to anything because there's nothing that rivals music. I think it's just such an escape, even for even for me like my range of songs on my phone is actually comical like it ranges from like <laughs> like um, Zach Brown band they're a country band to I could press shuffle and Adele could come on I could press shuffle and Drake could come on like and literally I'm Yeah ju-
1: that's what we always say as well it's like you don't want to be in the ox chord, like in the car and then put it on shuffle because who knows what's going to come on like <laughs> Yeah
0: it's me it happens to me when I'm in the gym with the lads I've actually been uh, demoted from playing songs in gym because anything can literally come on oh, like, no. like Westlife or whatever <laughs> I should really just make a playlist, but I don't. But I'm just as happy if Adele comes on or if Eminem comes on. I'm just as happy, so um, it just shows the range of music. Like it's it's incredible. Uh, Hazel, where do you think music is is headed in the future? Obviously, it's now gone crazy on like social media apps and YouTube and everything. Like, where can it even go from here?
3: You know, that's a great question because I think if you'd asked someone that, you know, 20 years ago, they never would have said anything like YouTube or Spotify. So although I don't really know what way it's going to head, I'm really excited about it to see where it could go in, you know, 20 years time. I do think this idea of social media, like the likes of TikTok, the way we've been talking today, I think that's the way forward to having viral hits that way as well. I think a huge part of music is in the past, you know, people used to put out CDs and they would tour, you know, whether around the country or around the world to promote the CDs. Whilst nowadays it's, they publish the music to promote the tour. So watching, you know, how that's all unfolded with stuff going online, I think when everything does open up again, that that's going to become a huge part of society. I think that music is just going to be everywhere, like live music. I think people have been craving it and being without it for so long. You know, I think everyone, like anyone that's interested in music is really going to look forward to this new idea and, you know, be really excited as to where it's going forward with it.
0: Of course, yeah. like I. I'm gagging for a concert and a festival or something. I can't imagine how much ye are, cuz you are like obviously involved in music. Like I just I need to go to a festival, man. I just need some music. <laughs> um just go down the road even to an open mic night like you said Rebecca and just hear some uh just socialize and hear some music. And music just brings people together like it's a social thing. Um it's it's just incredible. I can't wait till we're all out in the open again. We can we can do that. Liana, where do you think music is going in the future do you have any uh guesses or do you think it's kind of like peaked
2: honestly i hope it hasn't peaked i think there's so many different directions it could go and like hazel was saying like there's no way for us to predict what's going to happen next like tiktok has only been around for such a short period of time right and it's already taken music to such S- such a different level that we never really dreamed that it could go to so it's i honestly have no idea where it could go but yeah i'm, I'm excited to see what people come up with
0: yeah i'm trying to think i literally can't think of any anywhere it could go to improve but as as hazel said it's like 10 years ago if you said what's going on now no one would have even it wouldn't have been in the realm of thought like so uh, there's something amazing coming we just we just can't see it um uh rebecca do you think because of this new style of music and it's all online it's so easy accessible that the old style of music is dying so like for instance cassette tapes and record players and cds and things like that do you think it's just null and void and you can draw less stuff out
1: no way like you all oh, people are buying records i feel like so much the moment you always I always see people putting them up on their Snapchat or whatever. And I'm like, that's 40 quid for that. Like, that's insane. But if you want to do that, like even with like cameras and stuff as well, you know, everyone's buying like the disposable cameras um, because we all just like having those like physical copies of things. I think, you know, if like that kind of music is really, really resonates with you, you will go out and buy it. And I think especially for artists as well, because they're not making as much money from like Spotify as they would have been from like selling CDs and stuff. So I really feel like because it's such an oversaturated market now as well, like up and coming musicians will have more of a struggle at the beginning, even if they're getting like hundreds of thousands of listens on Spotify. Like it's not enough. It's not a living wage. Like, and I feel like my own parents were like, oh no, don't go into music. Like you want to be able to eat, like you want a house or a roof over your head. Like, but um, no, I like there's definitely opportunities there, but I think that, that is going to become more difficult to like make a living from it. So. Like, there's definitely pros and cons, like, so, you know, being able to make music in your bedroom, but also you're not able to make money by playing a gig, like.
0: That's a real downfall of this this whole thing, like, um, and you just hope that people make it through it and we're all going to f- flourish again and be going to gigs. I don't, I think, honestly, if we get through this stage that everyone's just going to be out socialising, going to gigs, like, be so appreciative of being yeah, able to I go to so. a gig. So I, yeah. I, I do think the way people are talking, like, it's just, um. Everyone's gagging to just socialize and and spend the money that they've been piling up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking about concerts and festivals, um, Liana, what's the best concert or musical experience you've had?
2: Uh, Okay, I can't pick one, so I'm going to go with two, but they've both been at Three Arena in Dublin. Um, my first year here, I went to Drake and we went like right up to the front and it was insane. And then my second one was Ariana Grande when she came here for her sweetener tour. I got tickets the morning of and went from the hospital to 3 Arena and that was just unreal for me. And I, I I think concerts in Dublin are very, very special. They don't compare it to like concerts back in Canada, in my opinion.
0: Oh my God. That is a big statement. I hope the Canadians aren't too too upset hearing <laughs> like, that.
2: I, I, I stand by it. <laughs>
0: that's a big, that's a big statement. I'm very uh, proud to hear that as an Irishman, that the gigs here are the best. Um, I actually went to that Drake concert as well and it was it was incredible. I wasn't up the front now with you, but I was up, I was in the back. But incredible. I, I love Drake. Same question to you, um, Hazel, the best concert you've ever been or musical experience you've had.
3: Again, I I strongly agree that, you know, no concert compares to having one here in Ireland. Um, a few years ago, I got to see Clean Bandit and it was so inspirational because I got to see, you know, musicians who played instruments that are kind of like not seen as you know super cool or trendy or whatever and there was thousands of people there that were cheering them on it was really like inspirational getting to watch someone play what I play but like in a cool modern twist I guess so that was really nice experience it was really really good.
0: Class yeah I would have thought Clean Bandit are, are do they have some mainstream songs they do they have some radio songs don't they?
3: Yeah, they have a, a good few. They've got yeah. some really good bangers out there, I won't lie. <laughs>
0: but they they just come from a classical background. Yeah,
3: they do. So I think originally they started as a string quartet, but now it's like, you know, completely it's all gone electronic. So it's really interesting watching them go from classical to electronic and kind of watching how this is going to happen in the future. I think it's the way forward. It's really exciting to see this unfold.
0: Yeah, definitely. Liana, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what's something you think people don't realise about music?
2: Hmm, Okay. That is, that's a tough question. Um, Maybe sometimes how hard it is to create your own music because people can find it very easy to judge songs. um, But once you realize the amount of work that goes into it and that you, that you really expose yourself and you're very vulnerable when you're writing music, like I, I don't think people always appreciate that. And maybe they wouldn't comment so harshly if they always took that into consideration. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's completely fair. Yeah, the effort goes into it, I'd say is just next level, like incredible stuff and people really open up um, emotionally for music. So uh, definitely that's a good one. Um, Hazel, do you have a top tip on for someone listening on how to discover new paths, um, whether they're in university or not in university, just kind of get them up off the couch and discover something new?
3: I think my number one bit of advice is to be brave. You know, you really you have to fully commit if you're going to try something. And if you give something a fair shot in trying it, then at least, you know, at the end of it, if it's not for me, I gave it my all. And um, in terms of music, I'd say try and listen to as many different, you know, songs, pieces, genres. Really try and stay open minded and listen to as many artists as you can. And try and find that song or piece that inspires you to say like, OK, one day I want to play that or I want to sing that. And how can I build myself up to get to that stage where I feel confident performing in front of people? Because I think with music, you know, people get so nervous, but nothing compares to the adrenaline rush of playing and when you finish a piece and you hear that clap at the end. So I think just think about that, have a goal in mind and, you know, just try your best because that's all you can do.
0: Oh, brilliant. I love it. Very motivational. Um, Rebecca, do you have a piece of advice for someone listening right now, once they finish listening to the podcast, something they can do straight away to kind of help them uh, pursue a music career just right away, like not even long term, just short term?
1: I'd say even short term, even like what you were talking about earlier, watching a producer breaking down a song like that. If you look up somebody like Ryan Tedder and how he puts a song together and how quickly it comes to him, because it's insane when you see all these layers to a song and you're like, wow, I never realized that there is this baseline going on underneath but all of a sudden when it's taken away the song just falls apart you know just understand like all those layers that go into it and even like watching those youtubers of somebody like Ryan Tedder who goes through like how to write like a catchy song you know all this like repetition melodies that work like it can be a little bit formulated but if you learn that kind of formula then you can stray away from it and kind of discover more things that way so definitely Brilliant. learn as much as you can from those top names because, you know, they know what they're doing at this stage. <laughs> yeah,
0: they have the winning formula to learn something from them. All right. So someone listening now, how are they going to find uh, out about the society? Hazel, do you have an Instagram or a website or Facebook?
3: Yeah, so we have an Instagram and Facebook page. So both of the handles are TUD Philharmonic SOC. So if you're interested in getting involved, just send us a DM or a private message. We also have all our past performances up on our social media pages. So you can get a a feel for what kind of vibe we go for with our events. And yeah, we're really, we really want some new members, some new faces.
1: So please feel free to get involved.
0: Brilliant. And Rebecca, in Music Society UCC, how can someone find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find our Instagram on at UCC MusicSock, And then we have a link tree in our bio that has all of our links to everything else and how you can sign up as well if you're in UCC. Um, And if you have any questions... Feel free to reach out to us. We're not that scary, I promise. Um, and all of our events and stuff are up there as well. So if you ever want to get involved in anything, that's where all our info is.
0: Amazing. Easy peasy. And Liana, um, Music Society or CSI, how can someone get um, in contact with you?
2: So our Instagram handle is at RCSI Music Society. And we also have a link tree. Um, link in our bio and you can stay up to date with all of our events and find new information on our Instagram. So looking forward to hearing from some new people.
0: Brilliant. All right, we had an incredible chat there all about music, so many different areas. I really enjoyed it and actually made me miss gigs so much. I can't wait for the world to open up again. I'm going to go to as many festivals and concerts as I possibly can. And I hope you, the listener at home, got something from this too. If you want to learn even more, make sure to check out votefunx.ie where there's free online courses of editing, producing, so much music courses, like you'll, you'll help you so much in your music career. And there's also free recording time in places like the Cabin Studio in Cork and the Jam Studio on Mead. So you have no excuses, <laughs> just get on to vote for Study and get started on your music career. Um, you can also catch all the other vote for next cast episodes up there, like the performing one, the filmmaking one, a tech one, a business one, activism and a health one. Trust me, they're all really, really good and there's plenty more episodes on the way. Of course, a big thank you to Vodafonex for making all of this happen. And also a bigger thank you to my lovely guests, Hazel, Liana and Rebecca. Thanks for joining me. Thank
3: you for having us. Yeah, thank Thank you so much for having us.
0: Brilliant. It was a great chat. And thanks for taking the time. And thank you at home for listening. Until next time, keep well and stay safe. Goodbye.